Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. Today's guest is fellow Spiegler girl, Casey Calvert. Casey is one of, if not the strongest submissive porn performer, certainly today and maybe to ever exist. Um, I had a lot of questions for her. She is a self-identified pain slut. What does that mean? Um, Do pain sluts enjoy pain to the point where they experience the sensation of pain differently than someone who's not a pain slut? Um, Is there a difference between being submissive and being a masochist? Do you have to be a pain slut to be a masochist? Um, Do pain sluts experience stubbing their toe differently than being hit during sex? I had so many very ignorant but coming from a good place type questions. And I left the interview a lot more enlightened. And I'm really grateful because these are questions I had for a very long time. Um, Although I engage in pretty, what I consider to be kinky sex and pretty hardcore sex, it's, it's nothing on the level compared to the level that Casey is having sex at. Um, This interview was done directly after Aiden stars. Um, Aiden Starr is a dominatrix who I interviewed um, in the episode before this. So I I think if you haven't heard that one, please do listen to both. Uh, They are two sides of maybe not the same coin, but um, two aspects of one world. So I hope you enjoy. Hi, Casey. Hi. Thanks for being here. Yeah, definitely. We're at AVN, the convention. Yes, we just both just drove in. We just got here a couple of hours ago. Yeah, so we're um, I'm getting you like nice and fresh. Yes, you're getting <sighs> me before I'm con exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I think this thing always happens for me where like Sunday rolls around and I'm like I don't need to see people for another year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Eli and I drive home right after the show, like after the award, oh. like literally like after the awards, like 1am, like 1am. So like after the awards, the awards are over. We go to our hotel room, take off the fancy clothes, put on sweatpants, get in the car and drive home. I love that. That way you get home at like 4am, take a shower, wash all the Vegas off, go to sleep, wake up at noon and in you're your home. own home and you're home. That's kind of genius. We've done it for years and it is the best thing. And also he's really good at like driving through the night and mm-hmm. staying awake. If I was doing it by myself, I wouldn't be able to. No, I'd I crash and kill myself. Yeah. It would be awful. But he can stay awake. That's, oh, you hit the jackpot. Oh, it's the best thing. That alone is like enough of a reason to be with someone <laughs> in the industry. You have to come to AVN with me so you can drive me home on Saturday yeah. night. That's the only reason why I want you here. <laughs> it might be true. Yeah. Um. It so actually... Right before you headed over, I saw you tweet something. Yes. That I thought was actually very, very cool. Oh, thank you. Um, you mentioned, do you want to say, oh, maybe I'll just yeah, you, wrap you, it up. Yeah, you recap and then we can talk about it. Cool. So I'll recap it. Um, you basically mentioned that uh, at this past XBiz Awards, a, another notable performer mm-hmm. um, in her acceptance speech had mentioned something like, don't hire me for 
rape scenes, kidnapping scenes, or incest scenes. Yes. Correct? Correct. Um, And you were offended by that. Yeah. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, so, so yeah, she was up on stage and she said thank you to everyone and then her final statement was like and don't call me for incest or kidnapping or rape scenes bye and I was like wait 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 what's wrong with those kinds of scenes right there's nothing wrong with those kinds of scenes and I was upset about it but I had also like had a couple of drinks and I was like whatever I'm letting it go I'm not gonna tweet right now Mm -hmm. I'm letting it go and now it's almost a week later Mm -hmm. and I was like it's still bugging me yeah I'm going to tweet. I think you should be bugged by it because I'm bugged by it too. Like I I wasn't there. Um, But I guess we should start by saying obviously, you know, kidnapping is wrong. (laughs) Right, right, right. Of course. These things are wrong. All all three of these things are things that should not happen in real life. But But, we are in the fantasy business. Right. And I think I I say this all the time, but there's a huge difference between fantasy and reality. and. I think good things don't come from policing fantasies. I completely agree. That's when shit goes wrong. That's when bad things happen. Right, right. We are all entitled to our own fantasies. Mm -hmm. As long as we are not directly harming someone, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with what goes on in your head. And I think the point you were really driving in like your tweet thread, it was it was a good like five <laughs> or six tweet thread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but w- I think the point that like really, I think I want people to really take note of is kind of that any kind of porn can be unethically shot. Mm-hmm. The most romantic, beautiful, Softest, boy, girl, yep. regular scene. Yep. Can, can be, be com- can be shot in a completely unethical way. Right. There might not be consent. Yeah. The director could be a dick. Yeah. The performers could be dicks to yeah. each other. Yeah, um, yeah. Someone could have a, a limit violated that fits within the realm of a romance scene. Totally. I mean, we come across performers all the time with boundaries that don't match our own necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like some people don't kiss on the mouth. Right. And like personally, I'm like, what's the big deal? But also like... If that's, if that's the boundary, thing, then that's your th- then yeah, then you don't have to do that. Totally, totally. Um, we all draw the line someplace. Right. Different. We all yes, exactly. We all have our own lines, and it's important that we don't cross other people's lines. Right. And I I do want people to know that you know a lot of times, the crazier scenes, for example, I'll use kink.com yeah. as an yeah, example yeah. because a lot of times that is the most extreme mm-hmm. shit a lot of people will see, mm-hmm. and yet that's the most responsibly. Right. Super ethically produced. Yes. Uh, super consent aware. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we literally get to set and we fill out a checklist. Yeah. That says our do's and don'ts. And it's so detailed. It's super, like, super detailed. It's like, do you like spit play? Do you like spit on your mouth or on your... On your body. Yeah. 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 Super, super, super specific. And that way you can get this really rough, really extreme content. In a consensual way. And you're actually known for shooting very extreme shit. I do, yes. Shoot a lot of very extreme shit, yes. Is that like most of your work, would you say? No, it's not. Um, It all kind of depends on the month. (laughs) Um, You know, some some months there'll be like a lot of BDSM and some months there'll be like a lot of girl-girl and like very romantic girl-girl. And so I kind of shoot everything. And especially, yeah, especially for the stuff that I'm producing. I do a ton of solos and jerk off instructions in the same way that I do a ton of 
consensual non-consent scenes. Right. I, I think... I think a lot of times when a performer shoots like really um, like kinky, kinky scenes like that, mm-hmm. they, they almost become like a niche performer. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. I think uh, I blame Mark Spiegler. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be a niche performer. Otherwise, Were you people before? Would... Yeah. I w- well, I wasn't doing any fluid exchange, but I was a fetish model. What does that mean? It means that I was doing all the BDSM stuff, all the rope bondage, all the spanking, all the foot fetish, all the whatever. I just wasn't sharing body fluids with other people. Okay. So does that include like jerking off? Yes. But just no cum? So no, no, no. I wouldn't touch somebody's penis. Oh, okay. I wouldn't touch a penis. I wouldn't touch a vagina. I didn't kiss anybody. But you might be in a scene with another person. I might be in a scene with another person, but we're not, if we're touching, we're touching non-mucous membranes. Okay. Okay. Non-genitally. Non-genitals. Interesting. And why, why did you make the switch over? Because I wanted to like actually make sex work my job. Yes. And I wanted to actually make porn. I wanted to do the things that I was watching. So that was just kind of like you're like dipping your toe in the pool. Exactly. I was still in college. Yeah. Yes. I I dipped in and then I went, oh, you know what? This is fun. Yeah. And graduated and then dove in headfirst. I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's the same thing as if, you know, a lot of times people will start by shooting just solos, Mm -hmm. right? Or just girl, girl stuff. Yeah. And then before going full hardcore. Yes. Um, And from my understanding, you are like, I don't even know the term for it. (laughs) Okay. But like, I guess like you're pretty kinky in real life. Yes. Actually kinky in real life. And that is, that's the correct term. Okay, how how do you like, how do you describe your like sexual orientation or your sexuality? Uh, you know, I have been trying to figure out what label I am because the label that I used to identify as, I feel like no longer fits. Okay, which was what? Um, I used to consider myself heteroflexible. Okay. And primarily a submissive. So hetero flexible would mean you lo- you lean toward lean towards hetero, but I'm flexible about it. Yeah, that's Makes not sense. the case anymore. Okay. These days, if anything, I'm I'm more homo flexible. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I turned super gay. I grew up and I turned gay. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because I've just had enough mediocre dick to last the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I mean, you can't you can't blame someone for uh... yeah. So I mean, so like these days, I identify as queer. Okay. Um, bisexual doesn't quite feel right, and pansexual just doesn't quite feel right. So I go with queer. Okay. Why is that? Like, what's the I difference? I don't know. Because I feel the same way. Like I, I also I fuck men and I fuck women. I definitely yeah. lean toward men, mm-hmm. um, or lean toward hetero. But I feel the same. And I guess technically I am bisexual, like by definition. Yeah. But I don't. It doesn't. The, the yeah, label doesn't feel right. Something about the label just doesn't feel right. I'm not exactly sure why. And something about the label pansexual, which is supposed to be, you know, I'm just attracted to people. Mm-hmm. Something about it just doesn't feel. Right. So queer. Queer is all encompassing, yep. basically. I'm going right? with queer. Yeah. And then these days I'm a submissive leaning switch. Oh. I started topping. And was that always, that was not always the case? That was not always the case. No. In fact, when I first started doing hardcore, I told Spiegler, I'm comfortable doing anything on camera except for topping. 
Okay. And he was like, you just wait. You give it a year. And I'm like, nope, it's never going to happen. And then he was right. Why? Why? Um, I think it's because topping is hard. Yeah. Top- topping is a skill that one must learn. And in porn, there aren't that many people who have taken the time to learn the skill. So people who know the things end up doing the job. Right. And I was tired of bottoming to people who did not know the things. So I started doing the topping. And bottoming to an inexperienced top is very dangerous. It's very dangerous and I find it extremely unpleasant. In like a consent violation kind of way. Okay. Um, my ex used to use the analogy about giving a Lamborghini to a 16-year-old. Okay. And that's what it feels like. So, like, I'm the Lamborghini, and the inexperienced top is the 16-year-old. Right. And they, they, you know, they might have their driver's license. Right. But do they really know what they're doing? Right, right, right. They're probably just going to crash you, honestly. Exactly. They're going to drive too fast. Get too excited. Get, exactly. And then crash. Hmm. That's a pretty cool analogy. Yeah, I like it. I, I don't get along with this particular ex, but that analogy has stuck around. <laughs> you've got The one thing That's you've the taken. One thing, it's the one good thing that came out of that relationship. <laughs> um, but so when did that happen? That I started topping? Like, is it a gradual thing? Like, are you like, are, is it the kind of thing like you're like, oh, I'm thinking about it for a while. I'm thinking I'm going to try it. Or is it like one day it just clicks? No, it, it's the former. It's I'm thinking about it. Uh, fuck it. I'll try it. Oh, that wasn't too bad. I'll do it again. And then before you know it, mostly I'm getting booked to top on camera. And are you like, but do you think you're naturally still submissive? Yeah, I do. I think that I am naturally submissive, but I enjoy being the one in control sometimes. Right. That's, I mean, you can yeah. say that for anyone about life. I right. Guess. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of want to ask you about like being like a real hardcore submissive like that in general, because you are known as probably one of the strongest subs in the business. Yeah, Maybe, I'll, take, perhaps I'll take that compliment. I don't know if ever, but I will I will take that compliment. Yes, thank for you. For sure now. Um, sure, as an active working performer now. Absolutely. Um, and I think as someone personally who like I definitely tend to be more submissive, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not not on the level of kink, sure. if that makes sense. Sure, because there's a whole spectrum of being submissive. You might like to... You know, have the guy hold your face down into the pillow while you're fucking on the bed or, you know, choke you a little bit or slap you a little bit. I love how you say these things like they're the softer end. The softer. (laughs) They are. Those that that to me is the softer end. It is. Of rough sex compared to like, you know, like heavy impact play. Right. And like more more advanced more extreme things right um yeah like i i kind of like just like the power dynamic a little bit right it's Um, fun but i'm wondering like is it the same thing for you just on a more extreme scale or or more extreme way or is is it a totally different thing on the level that you're doing i think it's exactly the same but like you for example um would you consider yourself a pain slut? Like, yeah. can I say that? Yeah, Is yeah, that... you can call me that, yeah. Okay. So what 
that's just one thing I really don't understand. I'm like, I'm so that's ignorant about it. That's an entirely different. Oh. So you can be, so you can be a submissive person right. in bed. You can prefer to bottom. Okay. In a sexual way. Or you can be a masochist. Or you could be both. But not every submissive person is a masochist. And not every masochist is submissive. Masochism specifically refers to pain. Okay. And so getting off not on involved, pain. It's not actually masochism. Yeah. And I mean, it depends on what your definition of pain is. So like maybe it hurts a little bit when they hit you in the face. Like, sure. Yes. Okay. That's part of the thing. But, but to me, it's a self-identification thing. Because for me, like, for example, I love to be hit in the face. Mm-hmm. The pain, don't like it. Okay. <laughs> like, so I like you're the submissive, psychology But you're of, not a masochist. Yeah, like, yeah. I like the idea of, like, being, like, smacked around yeah. and being kind of, like, like manhandled, yeah, yeah. whether it is from a man or a woman. Yeah. But, um... But you don't want but it to But it's hurt. not the pain, no. It's not the pain, right. So, like, like to me... Like, someone putting a... Like, like, hitting me with, like, a cattle prod. Right. Nothing. Not gonna do it. No. Yeah, so to me, I don't even necessarily need to have penetrative sex to get off if if the pain level slowly builds it's not a not an instant immediate i've had people be like oh well you don't come when you stub your toe so you're not a masochist i'm like that's not what it is so that's kind of my question and i think a lot of people are curious too is like what's the difference it's pain in a sexual context so so i guess the difference is whether or not you're horny yes whether or not you're horny um and does the pain from stubbing your toe versus the pain when you're in like a it, the pain in a sexual context mm-hmm. are those two pains different? They feel different in the moment. Yes, I think in in reality they are the same. It is the same physiological reaction in like your body. Like the nerves are doing the right. Same the thing. nerves are doing an identical thing, but in the headspace of I am horny, this is a sexual activity. I am supposed to feel pleasure from this thing. I am allowed to feel pleasure from this thing. Then inside it feels entirely different. That's so interesting. Do you think does pain to me feel different than pain to you? I think if we both stub our toe it feels identical. Because I've heard people describing it like it's so hard for me to grasp because mm-hmm. because you don't feel it because I don't feel it yeah. and I'm so curious because I mean it's a curious thing but a lot of people have told me that like it's like it's like how some people like spicy food and some people yes. don't yeah but it's also like not the greatest analogy because it's like well spicy food just doesn't feel good it doesn't taste good to me right so and maybe spicy it- good also does not taste good to me. I've had people also tell me that I'm not a masochist because I don't like spicy food because it doesn't hurt. I don't like the pain that comes from the spicy food. But I do think that's a similar analogy. So like the pain that you feel from eating spicy food, some people dislike Mm -hmm. and some people really, really enjoy and seek out. Mm-hmm. You know, they want the experience of sweating profusely and their tongue going numb and all of those things that I just don't understand mm-hmm. because I find it to be unpleasurable. Mm-hmm. Would it be pleasurable if you were horny? I don't think so. So it has to be the right kind of pain. It has to be the right. So, yes, I I could sit here and we could break down for five hours. The things I like the most and the things and like the whole sliding scale of I like the most and I like the least and everything in between and we could go through everything. <laughs> right. And all different kinds of pain. But they're all different. They're all the point. different. Wow, that's so interesting. 
is there a point I I guess what I want to ask is like was the discovery of that a gradual thing or was it you nope it's very much the way people talk about discovering their fetish which is it's been with me forever as long as I can remember before I was fantasizing about sex I was fantasizing about spanking and it wasn't even in a sexual context. Right. You know, this is like prepubescent. Right. Like it's before you even forever. know what horny is, exactly. you're feeling horny for Exactly it. for it, yeah. Interesting. Where do you think it comes from? Or is that like just an impossible question? Some people can tell you. I've met a lot of people in the kink community who can sit down and say, when I was this age, I watched this movie or I did this thing with my friends or this thing happened to me and it clicked. And I don't have a story like that. I wish I did. It's like the one thing I wish I knew about myself is where it came from. Is it a sexual orientation? I think so. Yeah. I think it like is it's part as of. As yes, it is innate. Yes, it is innate as any other sexual orientation for me. Yes. So you and your partner mm-hmm. are a very kinky couple. Yeah. Um, and I've been to your house before. Yes. <laughs> um, and... You guys have you. You guys live in this crazy fucking loft. Yes. Yeah, so the place that you've been to, I don't oh. actually live there anymore because oh. I bought a house. Oh. Okay. Cool. But well, when you were now, living I there, have now I have a warehouse and a house. Well, when you were living in the warehouse, yes. Um, in the kitchen, what was I the I noticed what, you guys had this. Thing. I've never asked you about this. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I might be catching you totally like oh off guard here. oh i know exactly what you're gonna say it was over a chalkboard yeah 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 so it was a, okay so um to my recollection it said something like it was like a tallying yeah. kind of thing and it had it had one side that said like days that i was a good girl and yes. days that i was a bad girl or something yes. like that can so, you elaborate it said service log and then it service said, log yes service log was the title and then it said good girl bad girl and a tally it was a tally and that was up there because we were trying some DS in our relationship. What so is DS? DS is dominance and submission. So when people talk about DS relationships, they talk about a dominant and a submissive outside the realm of in the bedroom. Okay. Eli being the dom. Yes. You being the sub. Correct. So th- outside we were trying the bedroom. outside the bedroom. So in life, in, in a day-to-day life space, we were trying it. It didn't work for us. Okay. We were not successful. Was this, is this the first relationship you've tried that in? No. So my ex that I referenced earlier was a master-slave DS relationship. So even more hardcore day-to-day, I am the slave, which is like a deeper level than just plain submissive. Okay. And um, how so? Like, what's the difference? Essentially, it is everything I do, I do for him. Okay. What I learned is that this isn't this doesn't work for me. Okay, I am, but it is like an every minute in of every, every minute, day. It's an every minute of every day thing. It is to me a really fun fantasy that doesn't work with how I live my life. Okay, like correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Is what you're saying like kind of like the idea of being a twenty four seven slave is hot? Yes, but, but however, in practice. Yes. I mean... In practice, I have to go to work. Right. In practice, I have to do whatever life, day-to-day life things. The fantasy really only works when one person is so 
independently wealthy that they can just buy a house and move to the country and the slave never leaves the basement. Right. And like that, that fantasy is hot, but it's not practical. For, yeah. It's not practical for me as a as a business professional person. Right. So so and, Eli and I tried a a a much less intense version of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we did it for 10ish weeks. Okay. And in my submissiveness, I like to be successful. So I don't want to be a bad girl. Oh, interesting. I want to be a good girl. And I never want to be a, I never want to be bad. In in the BDSM world, someone who like wants to be bad to get punished is someone you'd call a brat. And I am not a brat. I don't want to like egg on someone so that they punish me. That is not my thing. Oh, interesting. So I want to be a good girl. And he was giving me So tasks. like positive reinforcement? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he was giving me tasks that I could not complete because I'd get a last minute job or whatever other thing and life would get in the way and then I'd get a bad tally and then it would just fucking ruin me for a week. Oh, and I'd just wow. be so upset that I failed. Yeah. So it didn't work. But we never erased the chalkboard because we just kind of liked it there. Yeah. And we liked that people would come over and be like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so if you don't want to be a bad girl, mm-hmm. do you ever get punished? In, I want in to that get scenario? punished like- in a role play fantasy context only. I like to pretend I was bad. Okay. I like to get punished for a pretend reason. I also like to pretend I don't like it. Those things are fun for me. But I want it to be 100% pretend. And when you guys are trying this out, like, is the conversation, like, so, so easy for you guys to have? Or Yeah. Because I imagine you guys to be very good at communicating. Yes, we You'd are very be, good right? at communicating. If, yes, yes. Otherwise, it really, like yeah, otherwise is, it really, really, really falls apart. So, yes, it was a very easy conversation to have. And it was a very easy conversation to have to be like, hey, so... This isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. We need to not do this. So it sounds to me like in something like that, it's almost like the submissive almost have to has to have more power. That is often the case. Just because it's it's almost like things really need to be more dictated by what you like than what by yeah. what the dom likes, or yeah. else it's just one person being an asshole. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So in order for a, a true DS relationship to work, it sounds like the S has to be very D. Yes. So that's also part of the reason why master slave doesn't work for me is because in that scenario, the slave really doesn't get a say. Right. It's an absolute and, power kind of thing. Right. And I want a say. Yeah. I want to be able to have sex or do a sex thing and then afterwards be like, so I liked this and I didn't like this. Right. And have a regular person of people who are equals and partners having a conversation. Right. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. And there are people out there who have these 24-7 relationships or have these regular DS relationships and it works for them and more mm-hmm. power to them. I'm not what do you I'm think not criticizing the them. It just doesn't work for me. What, what is the appeal? Is it like... I think it's hot. Like thinking, yeah, sure. thinking about it, just like talking about it now, I'm like, oh yeah, that's hot. I think that's hot too, but so in th- for me, so in theory, like I, I, 
I couldn't I even think pretend that, for a day. But neither, I mean, neither one of us have ever really had like a normal life. True. And I think that when you have, you know, a nine to five and you just do your thing every day and you just live your life in a very, quote, normal way, incorporating something like DS just fits in really easily and it's just another puzzle piece in your life. True. True. And okay. we have, you know, you and I have had such unpredictable schedules for years mm-hmm. and and we travel and we, you know, work is not a nine to five mm-hmm. and all of those things that make DS that much more complicated. True. I could also see maybe like it might, the only thing I can think of, like it might be kind of cool to like not be responsible for anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what like, you mean. To like, that sounds like a nice life. Yeah, like one ways. of the things I've always liked when playing DS is that I don't want to choose my own food. So like you oh, choose. So like if I we're going out really to eat. really relate to that. We're going out to eat. You choose what I'm going to eat. That sounds and very like, appealing. It's lovely until you, until you want, want to, choose. to choose. Right. I thought of a side note. I thought of a really cool app the other day. Okay. Um. So I was trying to order Postmates. Yeah. I was actually with Abella and one other person. Okay. And everyone was kind of like arguing about what to order. And then everyone started getting hungrier and hungrier. And then we yeah. were all like accusing each other of like not choosing what yeah. to eat. Yeah, yeah, You know, everyone has been exactly. in this scenario. Yes. Um. This would be a wonderful situation, by the way, if one person... Right, was just like, was just you choosing. were getting this <laughs> yeah. from this place, yep. Um, so anyway, I thought of an app where like it could be like Postmates and it's like a roulette and you just put in like <laughs> maybe like some parameters, like I'm a vegetarian right. or like I want to eat carb, carb, I, Right, I carb. want carb, yes, or I want carbs. Yeah, I want carbs. Or, I am here for this app. Yeah, and then it just chooses and, and it you just chooses to eat for it. you. And then the food, I think the food just comes. The food just comes because it can't be one I of those things one of where like you can you put in it. is a price. Yes. So like I don't yes. want to spend more than this much. Totally. Or and maybe then, you do. Or maybe you do. Or I don't want to spend more than $10,000. Right. Whatever. <laughs> then it sends food to your house and the food shows up and it's a surprise and then you eat it. Exactly. That sounds great. I think maybe I'll cut this part out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is my million dollar idea. And some yes. assholes just going to take it. This is what's going to make you officially a million. <laughs> so I mean like as far as I guess that's like how I can relate to that. I can... kind of understand how that might feel good i wonder what the appeal is for the other person though for the other side they like making the choices that feels good to them they like being the one in control is a do you find that um are there like any generalizations you can make like are subs usually this type of personality or Dom's usually this type of personality or not really? Not really. I've met enough people now that like the stereotypical generalizations aren't true. Okay. It's just, just like any other aspect of sexuality is different for every person. Right. I think people just want, maybe because we understand so little about it, we just really want to like, Sure, there's like an answer. This stereotype of like, the the male submissive who has this very high power job right. and then he wants to come home and like sure that that's real oh it is that exists okay but there are also men who don't have high power jobs who also like to be submissive right not all submissive men also have high power jobs right just some of them do just like some female submissives have jobs and some don't and some 
people have high power jobs and some people don't. I guess ultimately that's always generalizing is like it never works it out. It never works out. Yeah. It never goes well. <laughs> There's always. Yeah. It always ends up wrong is what it is. Right. Yeah. You always end up cutting some people yeah. out of the box. Right. Um, do you and Eli, I imagine like in I guess maybe this is just like my fantasy, but okay. like I imagine you guys to only have like crazy freaky sex. We mostly only have crazy freaky sex. Really? Yeah. yeah. I and and yet the other part of me was like, she's probably gonna say that like most of the time it's just normal <laughs> sex. No, not with him and I. Okay. Um, the sex that we have is usually kinky to some degree. Okay. Um, mostly we do anal. Mostly. Yeah, mostly. And like sometimes like if my butt's not up for it, we actually just won't have sex at all. <laughs> so, so asshole is the first hole. Yeah. In your relationship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Interesting. Have you always been that no, way? No, that's an Eli thing. Oh, it's that's an Eli his, thing. That's a his preference that just happens to correspond really well with things I like. Wow, you guys got lucky. Yeah, it works, but I guess it works out. That's also why you're together. Right, exactly. <laughs> if if I wasn't into butt stuff, him and I would be non-compatible. You're the first person I ever saw um, squirt from anal. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I didn't even know that was a thing, actually. The first time I did it, I also did not know it was a thing. I saw you getting... Um, you, you were having anal sex in pile driver. Yeah. And then, and then it happened. Yeah. And then it just happened. Sometimes when the dick hits the right place, like from my butt through into my pussy, it makes me squirt. That's pretty awesome. It's fancy. That's a real talent. Yeah. It's a, a, I wish I could control it because it makes for great porn. Yeah. But I can't, there is nothing I can do. There's nothing I could do to make it happen because if I do a porn squirt, it's not the same thing it doesn't doesn't do the same thing uh what do you mean by porn squirt like a push really hard pee thing okay so it is pee these days porn squirt is pee these days but there's but there's a different kind of squirt like yeah there's there's actual actual women can actually squirt that's and does a it real coincide thing with coming i think so then i'm peeing i i was yeah i suspected yeah. So like I have squirted at home, not trying, just like accidentally made a puddle and been like, oh, that's a thing. Right. And that is different from the like porn fountain. Right. Which is drink a lot of water or Pedialyte and push really hard and then you make a fountain. Right. Okay. So if it's shooting out like a fountain... Perhaps. Perhaps, probably. Perhaps, probably yeah. it's urine. Yeah. But it is a real thing that can happen with people for real. It's not just a porn fantasy thing. It is, squirting is real. Right. Just the way that we portray it in porn and the way that we, for a squirting scene to make it happen because it's not a thing that you can force. Right. To make it happen. It's a camera trick. It's no different than anything else that we do to manipulate what things look like on camera. It's just right. a camera trick. Right. I think people feel so betrayed, though. When, I know. Um, I know. I feel like people feel so betrayed that like I feel like an asshole saying it. Yeah, no, same, same. But on the other hand, I'm like, I want to get to the bottom of it because I don't know. I, I kind of don't know. Like, I'm not necessarily like I'm not a performer that's known for squirting. Like, neither, sometimes it kind of happens. Neither really am I. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. I can't. 
I can't really force it to happen unless I'm by myself doing the things that I know for me do the thing. Right, right, right. If I'm having sex with somebody else, whether no matter what kind of genitals they have, I can't force it. Right. I'm not like a squirting performer. I'm a, I'm a butthole performer. Are most of your scenes anal? If they're not romance, yeah. So like all of my gonzo scenes are anal. I don't remember the last time I shot just like a straightforward gonzo scene. Do you prefer it? That wasn't. Like for porn? Yeah. Um, my pussy is sensitive. Yeah. And small. I think people don't realize that is... I mean, at, I think for sure... Once you get to a certain point in like anal, mm-hmm. it's often easier to do an anal scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because pussies are con- kind of complicated. Yeah. Like they get yeast infections, they get yes. torn, they yes. get um, and the I've pH been, is fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I've been um, lately. My uterus has been tilting, and it's like makes my pussy very, very, very shallow. And I have to tell the guys like you can't go. Like if I'm telling you just to, you're going too deep. I mean it. Right. And I don't like my cervix getting. Also, vaginas are like, they only get as big as they get, right? Exactly. It's kind of like you're limited. But I feel like assholes grow forever. Grow forever. They grow forever. And there have been, there's there's a couple of dudes who I cannot fit in my vagina, but I can put in my butt. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. And then those scenes are just all anal, and that's fine, and no one complains about that. Right. N- no one's ever going to complain about right. an all anal scene. I mean, someone will, because someone wants well, to find, yeah, you know, people true. find things to complain about no matter what it is. But in general, <laughs> it's not a like, problem. People like watching very large penises go into buttholes, so. Um, have you always, like, love, love, loved anal, or? I lost my anal virginity before I lost my regular <gasps> virginity. Are you, did you grow up very religious? Nope. I had a boyfriend who I said, I want you to take my virginity. And he said, uh, I don't know, but I'll put it in your butt. And I said, okay. Because I just really wanted to <laughs> have sex at reasoning? that point. He felt like it was too much of a commitment to be my first guy. Okay. Like he didn't want to like, okay. It was special. He didn't and he, take we had been dating and... for, at that point, like two months. And... He didn't want to like. Was he very religious? No, because I I remember going to school with like a lot of really religious Puerto Rican girls in New yeah. York, and a lot of them I remember had anal sex before vaginal. Yeah, and the right, idea is that they're saving them. They're still a virgin. Exactly, yeah. technically a virgin. Right, and that um, is that is not. It had nothing to do with it. it. Was just he felt like that was a special thing, and he didn't want to so be committed like to me forever in that way. You, I really, mean, a month later he did take my regular right. virginity, but. That's you really um, attract guys that like, like buttholes. <laughs> I have every serious partner in my life except for one has put it in my butt. Wow. But I like it. Yeah. Like I, I mean, actually, I actually enjoy anal. Right. So it's not, stra- you know, that's not strange to me. Right. I actually enjoy anal as well, but it came so much later for me mm-hmm. that I've really, I mean, I've, I've definitely had anal sex with like everyone in the last, you know, 10 years, I guess. But yeah. Before that, it was very, it was like a, a no go zone. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was off limits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you interested in sex outside of like the BDSM? Yes. BDSM? Yeah. Realm? Yeah. Yes, I don't. It doesn't have to be kinky for me to have fun. 
Okay. I can have super, super, super vanilla, romantic, regular, in quotes, sex and have a great time. The person I am having sex with is much more important to me than the kind of sex we are having. Mm. Like the chemistry. The chemistry, yes. The chemistry is so much more important than whether or not they want to choke me while we're fucking. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a dumb question because that's like pretty fucking obvious. No, no, because I've met people who are pure fetishists. Is Eli... A fetishist? Yeah, like is he is he interested in non BDSM sex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily say that the sex that we have on a day to day basis is BDSM. It's oh. just it's just rough. Okay, we just have rougher sex than a lot of people have. Right. But I wouldn't describe it as BDSM. It's just what makes rough. something BDSM? Um, for you, that's a great question. Um, more power exchange. Okay. Someone on top and someone on the bottom. When Eli and I are just like horny before bed, it's just two people rolling around in bed just like any two people roll around in bed. It's just aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. It's just a little more a little high more, energy. A little more aggressive, a little a little more a little rougher mm-hmm. than what most people do. So what is it for you about um like, is it the power dynamic that you're into? Mm-hmm. And you said you are a masochist. Yes. So, yes. So, I, depending on what I'm about to do, it is either the power dynamic that I'm enjoying or the pain that I am enjoying and or both. Which is it first? Like, it depends it on, it depends on what is happening. Okay. So both, um, in a way. It could be both, yeah. It could definitely be both. Or it could be one or the other. Like, I have done impact scenes where no sex happened, nobody's genitals got touched, really, except for maybe, like, a vibrator at the end in the particular instance I'm thinking of. Um, and I was bottoming, sure, I was the one receiving. But there was no real power exchange. It was just, hit me, I like it. Like, purely physical. Yeah. And that's super fun. Right. Um, what kinds of things, like, do you get hit with? All kinds of things. Like, like, um, like, what is corporal punishment? Does that just mean any kind of pain? No, no. So corporal punishment means spanking, means, um. Hands? Sure. Hands. Traditional. hands? Traditional, no, no, but traditional spanking implements. And when you're when you're talking about spanking, you're talking about the butt. Okay. And and really isolated to just the butt. Oh. Um, and some people that. will do like back of thighs or like palms. But like mm-hmm. when you think of like traditional discipline, mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about when you say corporal punishment. So for you, like it, it could be any one of those elements that turns you on. It could be the pain itself. Mm-hmm. It could be the discipline aspect. Yeah, it could, it be, could the, be the, the role the... play of the thing. Right. Yeah. It's just it's just role play. It's just a different. It's you know it's not the naughty nurse. It's just a different kind of role. Right. Play. I guess yeah. That's. Have you ever? been asked to do something like whether it's in a porno or just a partner in your personal life like to do something that's just like way too extreme and you're like no I'm not willing to go that far sure um Eli likes medical play okay in a way that is not really my thing 
things like needles and sutures and medical staples. And I have tried needles twice now. What does it mean, needles? Needles, needles. Like just like poking you or? You, so you, the best way to describe it is is to just Google it, like Google needle play. So you take like hypodermic needles, the ones that have little caps on the end. Okay. And you know, I'm sure you did this when you were a kid and you take a safety pin and you put it like through the skin of your yes, finger. Yes, So you do that, but you do it on like your tits. Okay, so like the first layer like, of your skin. Right, so you just go through. Okay. It's not... Does it hurt? Yeah. Yeah. It pinches. Okay. It's like very sharp and it's not my thing. Yeah. And like he would like to sew my vagina closed. What? And like it's not my thing. That's insane. But I think it very looks really cool. hot. I think it looks so hot when yeah. like the vagina, like you take the labia and you just like run sutures through them. I think it's so hot, but I don't. I actually think I would probably pass out. I get a little passy outy from needle pain. That's <laughs> <laughs> so like that's just not my thing, right? That's crazy. And yeah. like, what's the okay? Like, take me through that. Like, when if someone were doing that, like the the dominant mm-hmm. person is mm-hmm. sewing up the vagina, and like, are they jerking off while it happens? No, 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 no. They probably have their pants on. So for the dom, it's like very psychological. Very. Like, it's not that physical. Not really. No. Um, in a lot of extremer kink play, the dominant doesn't take their pants off and often they don't have a heart on while they're doing it because to have a boner you need blood in your penis to sew someone's vagina closed you need blood in your brain yeah and your blood can't be in both places at the same time so like you might feel super super horny as a dominant in that situation but you might not have a boner maybe you have just like a little chub do you think a lot of surgeons are into that i don't think so no oh I think there are some. Mm-hmm. I once met an anesthesiologist who was into death fetish stuff. Oh, that so makes like, sense. That's a thing. Yeah, but but no, but often often people who want to do this for sex purposes will go and learn from a doctor, okay, or a nurse, or someone you know, a kink friendly medical professional. Yeah, will teach a class about how to safely sure do this because it's not. It's I'm not glad, a skill you just know. Yeah, I'm glad there's people who are like cool enough to do that. There are quite a few. There are yeah. there are king conventions and BDSM conventions and and rope bondage specific conventions and whatever your fetish is, you can go to a convention and learn about how to do it. Okay, I have a question, and this is probably going to come off like so very ignorant to you, okay. and I don't mean it with like any offense whatsoever. Okay. I'm really just curious. Yeah, like what is the difference between a person who say like like a serial killer mm-hmm. who is into torturing people mm-hmm. and hurting them and marking them and mm-hmm. the person who's just a dominant and just sexually into it. Um, the difference is one of those people kills people and the other one doesn't. Okay. The difference is that one of those one of those people are psychologically unstable. Okay. And one of them is psychologically stable. I don't actually that's think that's simple. an ignorant question at all. No one's ever asked me that before. I actually think that's a really interesting question. And I guess, I guess, I guess the also the big difference is consent. Yes, consent. Well, yes, consent. like the serial killer the would serial do it to killer, someone. 
the serial killer will do it to someone and wants to do it to someone who is not consenting. And not into it. A good top wants complete consent, whether it's given prior to the scene or whether check-ins are happening during the scene. Mm -hmm. A good top wants consent throughout or else they're a bad top. Yeah. And maybe they're not killing someone, but they're still a bad guy. Is that something you see in the community a lot? Like bad guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Along with the Me Too movement and everything these days, the kink community has started to get better at, hey, by the way, this person who we all put up on a pedestal is actually violating people's consent right. and we need to do something about that. Like he's actually that. just an asshole. Right, he's actually just an asshole. Is that, but I, I imagine that like in that world, it's it, it's probably more confusing, right? It's incredibly tricky. It's incredibly tricky. Because a lot of times the fetish is to say no, right? Exactly. It's like that's the hot thing. It's scary. Yeah. Um, tops. I I find it personally like the the tops have to have so much trust in their bottom to communicate their actual needs mm, and wants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if the bottom doesn't communicate those things, how is the top supposed to know? Right. It's incredibly That's really tricky. interesting that you would put it like that because in my mind, I was putting a lot of re- the responsibility on the top, right? No, all the responsibility has to, in my opinion. Yeah. Granted, people have told me that I am wrong and that I am victim blaming. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, mm-hmm. it is the bottom's responsibility to communicate their wants and needs. And that becomes very, very, very tricky in a DS context or in a scene where the bottom starts to feel what we call subspace. So it's like all of the endorphins from what you're experiencing makes you stupid. Okay. It makes you... It's like boner brain. It's like boner brain. Yeah, it's like boner brain. It makes you dumb. It makes you agree to things that you wouldn't agree to. Okay. It makes you say things that you wouldn't necessarily say. But is that... I mean, isn't... Couldn't it be argued that that's like kind of part of sex? Like, for example, like I... A lot of times I'll go into a scene thinking like... Ugh, I would like never want to fuck on that dirty floor. And before I know it, like once I'm really horny, once, once right. I have my boner brain going on, yes. I'm like licking the floor. Yes. So there have been studies that show that when we are sexually aroused, our level of our our point of disgust mm-hmm. goes way down. Oh, totally. Just like the idea of like sitting here, I'm like, cum is gross and smells bad. Right. And in a scene, I'm like, yes, give me all yes. of the cum. So like, yes, totally, that's a thing. But in a in a BDSM context, a submissive changing their mind mid-scene can be really, really, really dangerous. Yeah. Because they might not actually want the thing, but they're being submissive and someone asked them to do it. So they say yes anyway. Or they're in subspace and they think that the top wants them to fuck them right. or whatever. And they don't actually want to do that. They go to like that desperate place. Right. Or like the... And then they they come down from the scene and they're like, oh shit. I didn't actually consent to that. I, was, I wasn't fully present. So there's a lot of discussion in the kink community about you negotiate beforehand. And especially when you're playing with someone new, you don't renegotiate mid-scene. Even if someone is begging, please fuck me, please fuck me. I want your cock so bad, please fuck me. You don't fuck them. Like maybe next time. Exactly. Next time. Interesting. 
next you have time to be you're so gonna play you negotiate careful. again you have to be so 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 careful because you don't want to harm anybody right I mean that makes total sense I think that kind of goes back to the thing like that we were saying before is like it it's really the more extreme the shit like it's like the more the more we have to talk about it and the more responsible mm-hmm. r- more responsibly it's often done yes right yes because when, you have to be because you have to be because you can't you can't just tie someone upside down yeah without talking about it first at least to some degree yeah but i think there's so much to be learned from that for just like regular old tinder sex Mm -hmm. i agree like if if we all if it were the norm to for all of us to operate that way we'd be having such better sex oh yes right yes like it's so fucked up that like and and i think i mean maybe i'm biased and i'm only looking at it from like this side but I feel like maybe more so for women, but like we, we have a lot of really bad, awkward sex, Mm -hmm. especially as young women. Right. Yeah. yeah, Like it didn't like only once I got into porn, I was really able to like voice things I want Mm -hmm. or just have like conversations about sex comfortably and even be like, I actually prefer my pussy eaten this way. Right. Something as simple as that. Yeah. Something as simple and basic as that society still teaches women that they shouldn't, you shouldn't talk about sex. That makes you totally. Slut. Or or that like we might like like um, hurt the male ego, right? Oh my That's God. a big one. Yes, yes. God forbid you don't come. He might feel yeah. He might know, feel bad about poor, it. His poor ego might be upset that he didn't make you come. It's better to fake it. Yeah. Than to tell him how to make you come. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. counterproductive. It's ridiculous. It feeds itself. Like it's like we're breeding these men that are horrible yes, at sex because we're not telling sex. them anything and pretending yes. to like bad sex. Yes. I've been really lucky mm-hmm. that I have for the most part had encountered men who are communicative about sex. Mm-hmm. But I think about like there are some women who go their whole lives yeah, only having bad sex. Totally. Totally. I think like, like especially, it doesn't have to be that. You think way. about like our parents generation? Yeah. I think a lot of our parents probably only had bad sex. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think do you think you've been lucky because you've been in the kink community and yes. you guys are so communicative? Yes. Yes, that's exactly why yeah. because I Like your pool is different. I my pool is different and my pool has changed and how so? Just in like I used to only have sex in the kink community okay. and now I have sex like outside of porn. So just like personal life sex used to only be within the kink community. And now I have sex with people who are not in the kink community. Yeah. And I find that the people I am attracted to tend to be the kind of people who are interested in having conversations about sex. But also like they know I'm a porn star. Mm-hmm. So they're not you know super religious prude it's a whole to start other with. so it starts a, you know, yeah it's a whole it's exactly it's a whole other pool so it's just avoiding the assholes that are like oh i want to fuck the porn star. right 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 like these are already people who are like more curious about sexuality right. they want more to open learn. to having wanna, those conversations they talk about it they want to ask sex questions right 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 that makes sense you know i often find that like i'm a civilian's sex therapist Mm-hmm. Which I don't mind. I say that like it's a bad thing, but I don't actually mind. If someone wants to ask questions about sex that I know the answers to, I don't mind being that person to answer them. But you're also like literally the sex worker's 
sex therapist right now because I'm asking you a hundred billion questions. <laughs> yes, but and talking, I am a sex worker. We're talking about something specific. You're not asking me like what a yeast infection is. True. Or how to get rid of one. True. And I think I think we all take that role. Like whatever kind of porn we shoot, I think because when you're openly a sexual person. People think, come and ask you. Yeah. 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 And everyone's curious, right? Everyone, right, because we don't teach people anything. Anything. There is no sex education. None. It, it's it's the very reason why, like going back to what we were saying at the beginning, it's the very reason why people think incest porn, rape porn, kidnapping porn is bad. Right, it is Because harmful. we haven't taught them. We haven't society, taught them that porn is entertainment. Right. People Don't are watch this and learn what to do. Right. People are confusing that for like real, real life, life kidnapping. Right. Right. <laughs> I posted on my OnlyFans a quote rape video. Mm-hmm. No consent was given on camera. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it all got talked about before we shot it, but no consent was given on camera Mm -hmm. and so many people watched it and messaged me and was like how could you do that I'd be like do what be like how could you post a video of you getting raped and I was like I don't understand they were like but you got raped that was awful for you how how are you selling that and I was like no 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 this is a fantasy video right this is pornography I'm a porn star I'm a porn (laughs) star I did not actually get raped while making this video this was role play it's kind of weird that people would think you would post that though isn't that fascinating? Like, I can't. I, I don't even know where to begin with that because it's like, is that what people think about porn stars? Right. That it, we are. It opens so, up such a can of worms. Yes, we're so money hungry. We're that so we money sell hungry. Sell the video of our sexual assaults. Yeah. On our OnlyFans page. Right. <laughs> it, I I find it so people's responses were so so fascinating you know that uh, I mean I understand that it's because like people haven't been taught blah 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 Mm -hmm. but I can't help but be like so irritated and annoyed every time like I'm victimized in that way yeah or like people paint me as a victim for doing porn or I have no tolerance for that it's so annoying it's so annoying and And I don't don't bring your bullshit on to me I'm not plainly I'm not a victim right don't bring your pathologized whatever bullshit and put it on to me right where do you think sex ed should happen where yeah I think at home mm-hmm. and I think at school mm-hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with yeah. kids having age-appropriate sex education at school multiple times at like at multiple points at different ages mm-hmm. learning different things at school I agree but I, I just, also think parents need to be an active participant. I think that like it needs to start at home. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you watch the nice lady put a condom on a banana at school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It certainly doesn't happen at the beginning of a porno. No, <laughs> like it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen at all in a porno. Yeah. It's just a movie. Yeah. It's just it's it's no it's no different. I don't know who to attribute the quote of it's like learning to drive watching Fast and the Furious. Right, right. Because I've heard so many people. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. People, it's, but it's the best it is, analogy, It's though. the best analogy. I think it's the the easiest way for people. I, I see the light bulb yes, switch on click in people's, on people's head heads. when you yeah. say that. Yeah, like, yeah. Because it's, it's true. It It is. It is. Watching porn is like, and, and thinking it's sex ed is like learning to drive from watching Fast and the Furious. This is not 
These are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is not sex ed. We are not making sex ed. None of us ever stood up and said, watch our movies. They'll teach you how to have sex. Right. It's just because no one is teaching kids safe ways to have sex. Mm-hmm. And kids are curious because they're it's going so through fair. puberty. Why and so they go to the internet, the source of information. Yeah. And they uh-huh. find our movies yeah. and they that's the only thing that they have ever seen. And yeah. so that's what they're learning from. No, it, it's totally rightfully so that they're curious about sex. Yeah, it, of course they are. It's literally nature. That, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's by, just that. And by, you know, teaching abstinence only mm-hmm. or whatever bullshit. It's so dangerous. It's so dangerous because those kids are going to have sex. Yeah. They are. Yeah. We can help them do it safely. We can help them learn how to communicate with their partners. We Mm -hmm. can teach them about safer sex practices. Or we could just let them go into the world and accidentally get each other pregnant. Yeah. And I think it's also like there's something to be said for like eventually, like, you know, obviously not right away. But I think it's also like important that people, even our age, Mm -hmm. really like realize that sexuality is such a spectrum and like like being into like weird shit is okay yeah right yeah i think that stuff like all carries on into like just so much like it's there's so much in society that like to feel ostracized about you know and like i think i think like did you ever feel like that oh my god yes i hated myself Mm -hmm. because i thought that I was never going to find someone who was interested in the kind of sex I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. I thought I would be a virgin forever because I decided I'd rather not have sex than have bad sex. Mm -hmm. It was like my biggest secret. I felt so much shame about it. I couldn't say the word spanking out loud. I couldn't like I would get beat red and sweaty. Like in a totally different context. Mortified. No, just like, in, yeah, in whatever context, in like, in whatever you're talking, like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't say the word. It made me so uncomfortable because I felt like everyone was looking at me and everyone knew my secret. Right. I, I was miserable. And wow. I, and I, and I came out at 21. Yeah. And people come out at 60 or they never yeah. come out and they live their whole lives feeling the shame that they don't have to feel you got lucky I is got it lucky, lucky? I, no I did I got lucky I consider myself lucky what what was it that like made you come out or made you feel safe or have you heard the origin story of my stage name no okay so I'm in college um I'm taking an elective class called first amendment law the professor is Professor Calvert. Okay. He knows that I have taken his name. We're cool. We're friends. Okay. Um, we learned about First Amendment law and free speech as it relates to porn. We learned all about Larry Flint and all about the obscenity test. And what I learned in that class was that pornography is not illegal. I thought it was. Wait, up until that point you thought? That's what my parents told me. Okay. That that porn is illegal like prostitution. This is a thing that people make and people consume, but it is illegal to do both things. Okay. And that's what I thought. I learned that, that wasn't true. So I started watching porn because right. it's so ingrained in me to like be good. I have to be yeah. good. I have to be successful. But like I couldn't watch porn when I thought watching porn was illegal. Yeah. Like it's wrong morally, whatever. Yeah. But like it was illegal. I didn't want to go to jail for watching porn. Right. Oh my God. That's so, so crazy. I learned that 
porn is legal. And I started watching porn and found a safe local person to start exploring with. Mm-hmm. All because of Professor Calvert's class. And did you see, like, like when you saw the porn, like, did you, was it kind of like you eventually realized that, oh, there's other people that are into this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, what I saw was I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. And also, making porn is safe. Mm-hmm. And I, again, got really lucky that the people I reached out to when I was brand new were good people. Mm-hmm. Because someone could have fucking taken it's advantage so of me. It's so easy. Literally, like right now, go Google how to get into porn. Yeah. It's you're, it's very hard to find legit information. Yeah. And it's there. It's, but but it's, you have how to are you going to know it. what's I, what? I couldn't find it. Yeah. What I ended up finding was the local kink community. Mm-hmm. And met good people where in you the from? local kink community. Or where was this? Gainesville, Florida. Okay. Wow. That doesn't seem like it So I was going huge... down to Orlando, Florida. Okay. There's nothing in Gainesville. There's, okay. There's nothing. But down in Orlando, there were people who were good, including wow. including a guy named Lou Rubens who used to work for kink.com. Okay. And he provided me with accurate, correct, safe information mm-hmm. about everything that mm-hmm. I needed to know. Lucky. I just got so lucky. Yeah, especially someone, in Florida too. Oh yes, yeah, some because Florida's awful kind of person, known for oh my God. I like shady porn. I businesses could have gone to meet my first person off the internet in the in the stupid idiotic way that I did and never come back. Yeah, I got incredibly lucky that the first people I met were good people, and yeah. then as I started modeling, I met more good people, and then eventually met Mark Spiegler. Yeah. Wow, so you've you've had a very very lucky journey. I've had a very very privileged journey. Yeah. And I got so I got really lucky. I feel the same way about myself. Like it's really so much of it is luck. Yeah. And this information like it's so it's it's so rough to find. I mean yeah. like obviously, you know, like you and me can like spread the word as much as we want, but it's right. like that's not the first thing that's going to come up on Google. It's no, just not. No, it's just not. It's just not. Yeah. And you know, people, I'm sure you get it all the time, too. People writing to ask how you become a porn star. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly men. Mm-hmm. But whenever a woman writes me, I actually take the time. So and do I. And I will write back a thoughtful answer. Mm-hmm. And I will explain to her things like your parents and your family Same. will find out. Same. Same. And will, will, I will put in the, when I can, not, you know, because you can tell when it's a guy pretending mm-hmm. to be a girl. Mm-hmm. But when it's actually a girl. Mm-hmm. I will put in the emotional energy to explain Same. things. Same. And there was one I person. I think it's like our duty, honestly. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one person who wrote to me to ask for advice who did actually come to L.A. and shoot some porn. Mm-hmm. And wasn't miserable. Mm-hmm. Just she ended up not being as successful as she thought she was going to be, which mm-hmm. was something I warned her about because... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I firmly believe that there will never be another Jenna Jameson. Oh, absolutely. There will not. never be another Asa Akira. It's, yeah, I got in at the end of it. Yeah. Even, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's. Um, I missed it. Mm-hmm. I missed it. Right. I was too late. I was a couple years too late. And that's just the reality, honestly. Yeah. It, it's just the reality. On the other hand, mm-hmm. a lot easier now to produce your own mm-hmm. porn, right? It's, it's actually so a lot easy. more lucrative now, I would say. I, I also think so. I think that unless you end up 
really, really successful, or unless in like in the past, in like the early two thousands, unless you were really, really, really successful, there was no no work for you. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to leave your hometown. You don't have to rely on a you studio. Don't have to, yeah, you don't have to move to LA and mm-hmm. do the thing that I did mm-hmm. because even in when I started in twenty twelve, you still had to move to LA mm-hmm. yep. and work for the studios. Absolutely. I just. You know, I came in in like the last couple years of still, you need to be in LA. These are the things that you do. But I missed the like day of the big budget feature. Yeah. And the, and, and all of that that I would have been really good at had I, yeah, been of. Cause you're known for age. your acting. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But there isn't, you know, no one is really making features these days mm-hmm, that also mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. really hardcore sex. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I think that would be sure. fun, and I still would really like to do that one day. Yeah, but the the feature companies are making the romance movies and the porn for women, and right, and still the like very stereo. That's another whole thing we could go off on talking about what is porn for women. Oh god, and that makes me angry. Yeah, I. It, it's also first of all that's so offensive. So it's so offensive. It's so offensive. It's like saying. Oh, you're a woman. You like this kind of porn, like yeah, as if we're not human beings. Right. With an Just because you have a vagina of... means that you only like this kind of sex. Plainly, yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, the other one that I hate is like uh, when things are coined feminist porn but it has nothing to do with the production yeah yeah it's just the content content. it's just the content and it's like no content is no content makes anything feminist no no the production makes it feminist or not and the only way to know if it's feminist or not is to look at the production right but if people use feminist as a as a tag right it's so annoying it's so annoying yeah and it's always like lesbian porn for some reason. Yes, too. it's very feminist, or yeah. or you know, like the the super soft romance scene with all the you know yeah. like the billowy curtains in the background and yeah. a lot of kissing. And it's like I don't, I don't. I'm a woman. I identify as a woman. Yeah. I don't like. I don't want to watch that kind also, of porn. I like making it. Like, I think it's fun to make, but I don't want to watch it. Yeah. No. Me neither. It, it's yeah. It's it's totally fucking offensive. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask you: Is there anything? Because you are so kinky and you are in this like very adventurous relationship, mm-hmm. and you are in a very adventurous career. Yes, I agree with that. Is there like is there stuff you haven't tried yet? Like, is there anything? Not really. <laughs> I've been really, really lucky. I've been really, really lucky that I've gotten to try all the things I want to try in a safe space with yeah. experience. Like if you people. died tomorrow, you could be like, hey. Is it my sex life was good. Like, yeah. Like once I started doing the sex thing, I did it. Yeah. Like I, I did it and it was good. Yeah. I, I think about that so much. Like it, it's as morbid as it is. I'm like, I could die and be like, okay. I. It was okay. Yeah. yeah it's okay. It was okay. I did the things. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I did the things I wanted to do. I Yeah. I didn't. And sure, like. No one ever does everything they mm-hmm. want to do before they die. Right. But like, I wasn't, mis- you know, I, I lived my life. I yeah. am currently actively living my life. Thanks to Professor Calvert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, he, like, he knows, I'll have this conversation. People will be like, oh my God, does he know? I'll be like, yes, of course he Is knows. he proud? Yeah. He put me in his book. Oh, so he's very proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I were a professor teaching, like, about the First Amendment and some student like 
really did took that thing. to heart and did yeah. the thing because of me, like yeah. I'd be so fucking proud. Like, yeah, I mean, like life. in hindsight, it was obnoxious of me to directly use his name as my stage name, but at the time. I never no, thought was I was like going to be a porn right? star. Yeah, yeah. It was just like making some spanking movies. I never thought I was going to do anything. I think be it's anything. actually very, very, very flattering. But, but yeah. I mean, like I've I've gone and lectured in his class, and yeah, like it's all that must be so exciting cool. for his students. Like, you know, they asked really good questions. Yeah. When I've every time I've gone and lectured at a university. They ask really good, interesting questions. There's always one person in the class that's that's very like swarfy mm-hmm. and is never going to mm-hmm, change mm-hmm. their mind just listening to me talk for an hour. But mm-hmm. for the most part, all the kids in the class ask good questions. I've done a few of those too, and I agree. Like it, it I always leave like really encouraged yeah. that the next generation is a little it's bit a little cooler bit than bit ours. Better. Yeah, and it's just gonna be a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But then there, it's also like the class I'm going to speak to is like a human sexuality class. Right. Like, you know what? These kids yes, are already these kids, open-minded. These kids already elected to take this right. class. Yes, right. I agree. So there's that. Um, but I've kept you here for over an hour. And yes. And we have to go to dinner with Spiegler. we have a Spiegler. dinner to get to. Yes. <laughs> um, so where can people see you? People can see me on Twitter at Casey Calvert XXX, on Instagram at Casey Calvert, and those links and everything else at CaseyCalvert.com. Cool. And I will tag those in the promotion of that this That would be episode. awesome. So thank you so much for coming on and yeah. educating us. And I'm sorry if I asked any like really you stupid didn't. questions. You didn't ask any stupid questions. You asked good I questions. I am leaving this interview, like, I feel like a lot more enlightened. So Aww. thank you very much. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye.